You're listening to Cast, Season 7, Episode 10, Death's Door. Bobby seeks the help of an unlikely old friend to solve one of the most personal cases of his life. Newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife Darcy. Hi, Moose. Hi, Missy. What? Say hi to the dogs. Yeah, but they're already here. Hi, they're not going to hear you say, say hi to them on the podcast. They're here. Okay. And we're also <laughs> we're also joined down in New Orleans by our other newbie, Yvette. Hey, y'all. And our experts in Texas, uh, Annie. Hello. And John, who you heard at the top of the show. Greetings. And uh, we're here to discuss this episode. Uh, Fox Fox joined us on the Nubentary last week, uh, but he has been uh, seduced upstairs by the Grumpy Cat Worst Christmas Special Ever. So, yeah, I see. priorities, man. I get yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, comparatively, probably a little bit on the <laughs> cheerier side. Yeah, for sure. Des- despite the title, yeah. Ends up not being the worst Christmas ever. Not the worst. It's pretty cute for being grumpy. You know. Sure. There's car chases. Car chase. Yeah. Okay, then. So we can move into our uh, episode of the... uh, Episode of the night. Right. Why do I feel so awkward about this? You haven't had enough to drink. That might be it. (laughs) (laughs) You need some social lubricant, do you? You might. I might. All right, so I'll just uh, jump what's into it, the... What's uh, it called again? Death's Door. Death's, Death's Door. Death's Door. Yep. Cheery happy. Cheery happy. Hey, you know what we didn't see? Death? We didn't see death. Aww. But there were doors. There were doors. So, yeah, no no, no Julian Riching. No. I was a little <clears throat> sad about that part. Spoilers. <laughs> like, that was the thing that broke you. <laughs> there was no Julian Riching in this episode. Nah, I had issues. I always have issues. Oh. All right, so this summary is from supernaturalwiki.com. <laughs> All it says is Bobby's dead, so that happened. No, it's a it's a little longer than that. Bobby's oh, dead well, to begin I will be, with. I will probably be skimming some cuz yeah. it's longish. Let's, yeah. Let's try to let's try to truncate it, I guess. Sure. But not quite Bobby's dead, so that happened. Right, God, that right. is a long. So I've just like looked through it. That's so <laughs> a, lo- a little bit more sensitivity than what I have to offer. All right. No, I feel like that's fine. Bobby's <laughs> of dead. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. I would expect nothing less. This episode was. I mean, it was sad, you know. And it was. I. I'm jumping ahead here just to say that I liked seeing Rufus again, but God, this was so boring to me. Yeah, it was not great. Yeah, and I'm just like looking. This summary is like a thousand paragraphs long, and I'm like, what could they say? Because not that much happened. Well, 
They're like, gonna, really? Like, what John said is right. They're going to go into every died. detail of, like, every little weird scene that they had, I guess. Yeah, yeah I'm going to try so. to do better with that. But uh, So, directly, directly following on the previous episode, they're rushing Bobby, who's been shot in the head by Dick Roman, to the nearest hospital, trauma center. And we have two fairly, under, like, one one too many zoom zoom in and out on a, on a bullet hole in the head. Yeah, that was not... One one was good, but that was uncomfortable two is for me. too much. Was that uncomfortable yeah. for you? I, I'm guessing um, it it probably cost money to do that effect, and so they were gonna they were gonna get their money's worth. Or they like got to the end and they're like, "Crap, we're 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 ten seconds short. What are we gonna do? Hey, I got this ten second thing. We'll just we'll just expand it. We'll just zoom it back out. Yeah. We'll zoom it mm-hmm. again. There you go. Editor's hmm. choice. There you go. Uh, as Dean drives, we see that although Bo- Bobby's body is unresponsive, his mind is busy. And in his subconscious, they're walking through Wharton State Forest, which is uh, where they're finding the body of Ranger Phil in the tree. But Bobby gets a weird feeling and realizes that something bad has happened. He touches his head, doesn't find a wound, but blood drips from his forehead. Uh, they go back to the abandoned house where they're squatting, and Dean and Sam ask him what's going on. Bobby says... I've been shot in the head. But they say, no, no, you never got shot. Uh, he ignores them because he now realizes what he's seeing is his subconscious mind. But there's something he has to remember to tell the real Sam and Dean when he wakes up. The key to the Leviathan's plan. And he writes down a number. 454895. 867? No, no. Maybe there's a way to make it catchy, but... When Bobby looks up, he's suddenly in his bedroom, reliving a moment with his dead wife. He hands her a glass of wine, and she takes his hand. They're about to talk about something serious. Bobby recognizes the scene, but hears a storm coming in, looks out the window, and sees a teenager running toward the house from behind a distant woodshed. He turns back to Karen and says he has to go. And once he's through the bedroom door, he's in the rain outside a church with Rufus. They're dressed like pest control workers. Bobby tries to tell Rufus he's dying, but Rufus isn't listening. Uh, his uh, EMF reader lights up, and he goes inside the church. This, this, uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I was thinking that they needed some more Ghostbuster and, uh, the, the references kid, to, to pull that one off. The kid comes running by again. and uh, That kid's not a teenager. Yeah, the kid's totally not a teenager. That's the why kid's I like saying, 10. That's why I stopped saying teenager. <laughs> even though the summary says Whoever teenager. Whoever wrote this didn't even pay attention. Or, geez. But they went into great detail. Maybe, maybe they're teenagers and they don't know. The, teen, uh, the, the kid grabs Bobby by the arm, telling Bobby God will punish him. And Bobby looks down to see a glass of milk shattering on a black and red tile check... Bleh, black and red check tile floor. Yeah, okay, I had to get it that the, fast. With the, with the dog there? What's going on? What? Having trouble? No. Tripping? Yeah? Tripping? What? No. All right. No. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. What? Uh, Bobby goes into the church But the building starts to shake People vanish and the lights go out Once it's dark a thin man in a suit approaches Carrying a watch on a chain Telling Bobby his time is up Bobby recognizes him as a reaper Uh, The reaper tells him he's in a coma And it's his time to die Bobby leads him on a chase before giving up and dying And the next memory he stumbles onto Is one of him, him, Dean and Sam Hanging out at his house the boys are arguing about who's better check 
Jet Li or Chuck Norris, is this detail we really need? No! <laughs> Skip it! Skip it! Uh, and the answer is uh, Jet Li. For the simple fact that uh, Jet Li is not a homophobe. There you go. So that instantly makes him uh, better. Superior human. Yes. Uh, Bobby goes to get a beer, but when he goes in the kitchen, he sees his mother setting the table for dinner. She tells him he's filthy and scolds him. It's like you want him to get mad. Uh, He closes the door and turns around in time to catch a shotgun from Rufus. That sounds bad. He's being thrown a shotgun. (laughs) They're in the mausoleum, mausoleum, and Rufus is getting ready to pull out a corpse so Bobby can burn it. Um, she was left at the altar and is now killing men who break women's hearts. Bobby tries to tell Rufus about the Reaper, but Rufus is still not taking him seriously. Meanwhile, in the real world, Bobby is wheeled into the trauma center with a bullet wound in the head and no exit wound. They have to wait for the swelling to go down before they can remove the bullet. And the spirit appears and calls Bobby a heartbreaker before shoving her hand into his chest. He's going into cardiac arrest both in his mind and in the real world. When Rufus slashes her through with an iron bar, he stabilizes but she picks up Rufus and throws him to the ground knocking him out. Bobby quickly grabs his homemade flamethrower and lights her remains on fire, destroying her spirit. Actually, I don't think that was a homemade flamethrower. I think that was one of those uh, flame things that they use for setting control burns. I think you're right, yeah. Yep. I don't know what you call it. It's not a flamethrower. Bobby finds himself outside a hospital and again sees the boy. Rufus comes out of the hospital and Bobby prompts him to recount his near-death experience. Rufus said he traveled through doors between different memories and found a way back to consciousness, to life through his deepest, darkest memory. The next scene finds Rufus and Bobby back at the scene with the uh, wife, uh, with Bobby's wife, angry and sobbing. This was the night... Skip ahead. <laughs> We're almost done. Uh, this was the night that Bobby said he never wanted to have children, but um, his biggest regret wasn't actually killing her. It was never getting past this last fight. Rufus tells him to try the door, but it didn't work. He's in a park with uh, 10-year-old Dean playing catch instead of practicing shooting. So, real quick... I, I know it's not the same actress, but is this supposed to be the same character that we saw in the zombie episode who kept making pies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they had I tried. I assumed it was the same character, but yeah, I was like, clearly not the same person. Yeah, because I was like, they didn't even try to like, you know, like get someone that looks a little bit like her. Yeah, I was, <laughs> they just And I was thinking maybe it was a, it was like, you know, years later, years, years apart or something. But apparently, you know, it's explained. But no, it was like three days later. She yeah. she got sick and he had to kill her but like it was like you know don't get me wrong like the actress was was great she did a great job in the in the you know limited screen time that she had in this episode but it was just like was it really just a thing of like well we can't we can't find anybody it's like we it's like we couldn't get the the original actress um i guess maybe because she was older and so they didn't want to like put her in a in a sexy nighty or something i don't know but like it was just weird like it was it was like it just it was distracting like how how little the two actresses looked alike and i was just like could you just not i guess they was more about like well this the person that auditioned for this part like this was the best performance we found so we're just gonna go with that i guess 
And now this is the third time that we've dealt with uh, with Bobby and and the and his late wife, right? I mean, the, what's her name? Jody. The first time, the first time. Um, no, that's uh, that's uh, Sheriff Mills. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But the first time was uh, um, she wasn't on, actually on camera. She was like banging on door from outside, something like that, right? Karen. Uh, Karen. Okay. Now that scene always just kills me where he, you know, breaks her heart and then he tells Rufus that she he had to kill her three days later. It's just, it always makes me cry because it's just the saddest thing in the world to lose somebody you love when you're, you know, the last thing you did was fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from the park, they uh, open another door and it reveals dinner at the Singer House with young Bobby. Uh, who is the boy that Bobby has been seeing? It's funny that he didn't quite figure that one out. Um, well, no. What's funny is he. Um, he's like he the, actually he comments on that at at like like the like pretty much like the first or second time that he sees the kid when he sees him running from the uh, from the shed or whatever. He says like I had I was a messed up kid. So like he knew. I, like it, I could have sworn at one point though he was like I think I know you or I think I know who you are or something like that. Yeah, he did. It was so it was weird. Like I don't know what. I don't know if like the show was like trying to make that like a big secret, but like they screwed up by like tipping their hand too early because he. Because why else would he say that? Yeah. You know. I don't know. Do you do you remember what your former self looked like. I can, I can only think of pictures. Like, uh, like really? I, yeah. I can think of pictures that I've seen throughout my life since, but I don't know if I can really picture myself. I suppose I wouldn't be able to other than Iris because she looks so much like I did. So it is literally just like looking at, yeah, Fox, in the mirror. I mean, Fox resembles me enough that, I, that I'm not suspicious of anything, but... <laughs> well, yeah, but he doesn't really... I mean, doesn't he doesn't look like, look like yeah, you. Yeah, not like, like me when I was a know. kid. I've, so if I, we were casting the movie of your life, Darcy, we could just, like, cast um, Iris as your baby self? Yes. Like, <laughs> there were pictures where if I wasn't wearing some really god-awful clothes, you wouldn't be able to tell that they were... It's it's funny because, <laughs> uh, because Annie's daughter, Morgan, looks so much like her that I when I was introducing them uh, to my mom for the first time, I made the mistake of, of pointing to Morgan and saying that was Annie. And I had to like quickly correct myself. I was like, no, no, I'm sorry. That's, that's her daughter. Like, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I think that's yeah. part of the reason she cut her hair. Whoa. <laughs> but it's, it is. I'm it's nothing hard. like you. Looks just like your mom. I mean, and she does, she looks yeah. just like I did. You've seen the picture. I had, I had, um, I've always had kind of a baby face, so like it's never been. Even though like I'm like you know my hair is thinning and I'm and and I've got a a beard with gray in it. Like I'm still. It's not hard for me to like think back to my like kid self. Mm-hmm. Like I basically I basically hasn't haven't changed much at all in the face. Like really the only difference is like my face has gotten a little fuller. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah, if I don't put makeup on, I look the same as I did when I was three years old. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's like my face didn't change at all. It's really yeah, dumb. Same. Mine, mine changed yeah. quite a bit. I got really my face was really thin early adulthood, and well, now I just look like me. And that's awesome. All right. <laughs> 
So uh, yes, dinner at the dinner at the singer's house, singer house with young Bobby, the boy Bobby has been seeing, uh, accidentally spilling a glass of milk, and his father becomes enraged at both Bobby and his mom. Uh, Rufus kind of twigs to the fact that this might be his deepest darkest memory, but he claims, "No, no, it was just an average Tuesday at my house." Liar! Liar! He doesn't want to face it. Uh, back in the real world, an administrator approaches Dean to talk about organ donation. Dean is angry and punches a wall, and then runs into Dick Roman outside. Dick rolls down the window, and due to his fame, a crowd gathers and starts taking photos. Dean challenges him to kill him, taunting that he won't do it in front of a crowd. I bet Dick could go out, I bet Dick could go out in Times Square and shoot someone and still... Oh, wait, no. That's someone else. <laughs> Stop that! Uh, anyways... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm pausing because I'm skimming through a whole bunch of this dick stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He said dick stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We are all ten. I guess. (laughs) Yes, yes, we are. I wasn't wasn't feeding you a straight line. (laughs) Just move along, sir. Move along. Nothing to see here. Uh, they do say that Bobby seems to have stabilized, but they should prepare for him to die. Weird phrasing, but okay. Prepare that he might die. Uh, Dean angrily walks away and leaves Sam alone, rubbing at the spot on his palm he uses to distinguish reality from his hallucinations. Yeah, that was a nice catch. I can't Such believe I never moment. noticed that before. Yeah, we not, I never, neither have I, and it, it wasn't until we were doing the Newbin tour. I was like, hey! <laughs> Back in Bobby's head, he's inside his living room. He tells Rufus that he knows how to bind a reaper, but things are disappearing. A Bible has blank pages, and the faces on photos are disappearing. As Bobby prepares the spell, he also sees a younger version of himself in another room, arguing over Dean. John reminds Bobby he's not Dean's father. When the reaper is bound, he reveals the trap won't last long. The damage the bullet did to Bobby's brain is destroying it, and that he will die. His only choice is whether to stay on Earth as a ghost or to cross over with the reaper. Rufus urges him to go, but Bobby insists he has to stay for his boys. Is this going to be like Ghost Dad? Did you ever see that? That's horrible. <laughs> Ghost Dad? <laughs> oh, Wait, God. I have a story about Ghost Dad. Okay, go oh, Okay. So, my college roommate, um, like, moved out before I did. Um, and I got a phone call, because it's back in the day when you had landlines and, like, people would call you on the phone. I had a phone call from, like, Blockbuster Video is another like blast from the past that her copy of ghost dad had never been returned oh it's the funniest oh. thing <laughs> it's got of all it's got what's his name of all the movies to hold on to forever yeah of all the things to not to not you know to have a late fee on like it's just ugh. and now i'm not I'm, I'm trying to remember have i have I heard you tell this story on this podcast, or did I hear you tell it on, like, Veronica Mars? Uh, it might have been on Veronica Mars. <laughs> but it's still my favorite ghost dad-related story. <laughs> my only ghost dad-related story. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> I think we can all be thankful for that. Yes, we can. Oh, and, and then the second part of the story is when I brought it up to her, she was like, it's a really good movie. No! Oh. <laughs> It's got what's his name from Twin Peaks, the guy who played Bobby Briggs. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ramjack covered it when they were back when they covered movies. 
Um, young Bobby appears again, and Bobby follow, follows him back to the scene of the family dinner. Ed Singer is in a rage, hitting his wife and screams at Bobby that it's his fault. Suddenly, young Bobby appears with a rifle, telling his father to leave his mother alone. When he mocks Bobby and refuses, Bobby shoots him in the head, killing him. Uh, Sam and Dean are at the bedside about to go to sur- with Bobby about to go to surgery. He regains consciousness briefly and manages to write part of the number he memorized earlier on Sam's palm, 45489, and whispers idgets at them before his heart stops. Back inside his mind, Bobby is at his house and it's dark outside all the windows. The Reaper reappears and says this is the last piece of his mind alive. Uh, the memory from earlier was Sam and Dean getting ready for a night of DVDs and beer. Glad I saved the best for last, Bobby tells the Reaper, and then brings Sam and Dean beers while they argue about movie snacks. As they fade, the Reaper checks his watch and asks Bobby whether he wants to stay as a ghost or crossover. Bobby looks at him, and the screen fades to black with the ticking of the Reaper's watch. The end. So, I mean, I guess there's some, like, tiny, tiny possibility that, that Bobby is sticking around. Teeny tiny? I'm giving him the look right now. I'm just the you <laughs> see it. He's getting the look. Teeny tiny? Come on. They're not going to do that. Um, I hope not. I mean, I've been expecting Bobby to die for a while, as y'all know. And I think it's kind of overdue. <laughs> are, are you sure you don't mean hoping? <laughs> hoping, praying, <laughs> yeah. dreaming. Just no, don't I don't just... really care. But, like, it right. seems like it's going to make them grow in some way Mm. i felt that way about john like way back in the the first season when i watched you know watched for the first time i was like oh okay they finally found their dad and he's gonna have to die because that they can't do this show if he lives he'll be they'll be in his shadow the whole time yeah (laughs) right because we by that point we had had like almost an entire season of those two going it alone and to, to have that element um, be a part of it, you know, from that point on, like it's, it kind of, kind of breaks the, uh, the, the premise of the show. So, yeah. So yeah, Bobby having Bobby die. Like I, um, I remember when I, when I first saw this as I was like blasting through uh, season, on uh, I think on Netflix at the time, back when it back, this was back when like the season was fairly new and mm-hmm. they had they had just put it up on Netflix so so that was that was the way I was watching it but like yeah it just it totally worked like gangbusters on me um, you know I was all weepy um, but also like just this the, the format of this particular episode like ticks boxes for me that I like you know I love Headspace stuff Dream Space stuff. Like I'm a sucker for all that crap, um, so yeah. Like I, like I loved this. <laughs> so uh, they've they've gotten rid of pretty much everybody that's ever recurred by now since uh, the beginning of the uh, series. I can't yeah. think of very many characters left that aren't. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jody Mills is still around. Yeah, yeah she's um, recent, and then and yeah, and if they, and if there's anybody, if there's anybody that they haven't killed, they've just they've just you know, we haven't, like, they haven't come back. Yeah. Like, we know they're out there, they're just not on the show anymore. They like to kill people on this one. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, can, we, can we pretty much agree that of the two boys that nobody wins this episode? Because I don't really, I mean, unless you want to go with uh, Dean for talking, for staring down Dick Roman. I think that he wins also for, like, being a badass and 
punching the 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 glass. Yeah. Yeah. Is that frustration or badass? Badassery. That was badassery. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was great. Like he, like he, he, he rightfully ripped into that guy, you know, and said something that that a lot of us has probably wanted to say to like the, you know, the 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 vampires in the uh, in that in that profession, but. I don't think it's enough for because just given the weight of the episode and what it's about, like they like they both lost Bobby, another, you know, father figure that 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 helped raise them. So, like, it's just, yeah, I would say I would say neither one of them win in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wins. Yeah. I went with neither as well. So are you sticking with Dean or are you going neither? I'm going to stick with Dean. You're sticking with Dean. Okay. And I'm going neither. All right. That means nobody wins. It's a tie. That's fine. Uh, does anybody have anything memorable to quote? Uh, I just have, I can find you anywhere, even in this gin-soaked rat maze. And I've got uh, from from the Reaper also, Bobby, you've helped. You got handed a small, unremarkable life, and you did something with it. Most men like you die of liver disease watching Barney Miller reruns. Because it's hard to find a Barney Miller rerun. Well, it is now. <laughs> it's a lot easier to find, like, Sanford and Son rerun. You think? Oh, yeah, that's on all the time. Barney Miller was on Crackle for a while, and I watched about three episodes, and then that got pulled, so. Aw. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't it it be, like, on TV land or something? It's probably on somewhere, but. I watched Sanford and Son with Fox, and he was like, this is horrible. There's a lot of. uh, it is. There's a lot of retro TV on one of the the sub-channels on one of the stations here. If you're watching on broadcast, you can find movies and things like that. Oh, man. So great. I mean, I haven't watched it in years, but I thought Sanford and Son was really funny. But it's uh, wow. I would imagine it's probably it's probably like dated to the point of like, ooh, that's uh, that's yeah, problematic. Absolutely, it's like ooh, yeah, ooh, we don't say like, that anymore. That's that's not appropriate. No, <laughs> that is not how we react to that sort of thing anymore. Yeah, there was uh, the 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 one of the Barney Millers that I saw was uh, was. Uh, both progressive and problematic at the same time because it was you know there was there was the guy that was definitely the uh, the the closed-minded bigot guy and they were trapped in quarantine in the station with some really stereotypical gay guys. Oh. And I mean the point the point was supposed to be these guys are okay and there's no reason to be afraid of them or you know. Yeah, we're but, all we're all good people. That was their idea, but yeah. the way that it comes off is. Well, the stereotypes were bad enough that it was just like like oh. minstrel show mm-hmm. type. Yeah, almost. Yeah, like that. Like that. That's always been like my conflicting issue with that show, Will and Grace, because it's like, it's like on the one hand you have. You have, you know, Will Truman, who was like this really cool character that just happened to be gay. But then on the other hand, you have Jack, who's like this really flamboyant out there gay guy who, like, if he wasn't gay, wouldn't have a personality. Right. You know, I listened to a podcast. I can't remember who it was now that was talking about that show. But he was saying that, like, when he was younger, he totally identified with Will and thought that this was a, a gay man that was saying this mm. and, you know, was like embarrassed by Jack because he was so flamboyant. But as he's gotten older and now that he goes back and watches the show, he's like, no, Jack's actually the one like living his life. And Will's like the stick in the mud. Who's like embarrassed of who he is. 
And like, I thought that was like a really interesting I, way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I I agree with the first part. He he is very much a stick in the mud, but I would I would never I wouldn't say that he he was embarrassed uh, about who he was. But uh, yeah, I think it's just about like at a certain point, you know, embracing flamboyancy. Oh sure. Which I yeah you know yeah which I'm all yeah. about. Oh sure. I mean I mean if nothing else, like that show was damn funny. So. Yeah, I haven't watched it since it was on. I can't. I don't know if it's held up. I haven't seen any of the new season. Um, I mean, I I, I, I would catch, um, you know, episodes here and there, like on on uh, you know late night uh, TV, and uh, it's still it's still pretty good. The only thing that doesn't hold up is just is more to do with like an outside thing of like it's like I it's hard to watch the show now because like. Oh man, Deborah Messing is a terrible person. Like I, you know, I do not like her, and I, I used to not have that problem, but now I do. All right. Well, that's all based off the Barney Miller quote. Do we have any more quotes? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, more interesting than this episode. So there you go. It's okay. Um. Yeah. More quotes at all? Andy, do you have anything? Uh, I have a few, but I think I'll go with. Uh, we're going to skip the guns today. Here today, you're gonna throw a ball around just like a regular snot-nosed little jerk. Yeah, I know that's your. It was your favorite part of the episode, right? Yeah, I just I, I love you know that that little glimpse that sometimes Bobby let them be kids instead of you know soldiers in training. Yeah, and it's really insisted it's, on it, and then got yelled at for it by their. I was dad. gonna say it's really sad that like that John like like gets mad at him and like throws it in his face you know it's like you're like you're not their father you know and it's like oh my god you're the worst <laughs> wonder you're dead does anybody want to log into Facebook and read Simone's feedback please don't make me do stuff I won't <laughs> um I probably can let me see do 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 <laughs> Do, 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 what is it with you, you and that theme song? You do that. You do that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. Do, 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 do. All right. Simone says, I'm still getting there. Sorry, you guys. Yep. All right. Simone says, Dream World, Karen Singer. Dream Rufus helps. Glass of milk shatters. Young Bobby, Sassy Reaper, Father Figure, Mon Paw Singer, Uncle Bobby, Worst Memory Door, One Sided Conversation, Bobby and Karen, Karen's Possession, and Bobby Stabbing Her, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Dean and Bobby Play Catch in 1989, Bobby Couldn't Give Karen Children Because He Was So Sure That He Would Become His Father, You Break Everything You Touch, Paw Singer, and KS. Dean Will Not Accept Bobby Dying, So He Punches a Wall, Dick Roman and the Bystanders, who use their camera phones to film the confrontation. Sammy is more willing to accept his terrible outcome regarding Bobby. Bobby and John talk on the phone memory. My boys, Bobby. Vengeful ghost, drunk paw, ungrateful ma, and young Bobby shoots paw dead. God will punish you, ma, and young Bobby. You got the only genetic case of bullet in the brain I've ever seen. Reaper, that's a good line. Um, four, five, four, eight, nine, idgits, a very Grey's Anatomy slow-mo. 
Bobby's gone. Sweet, simple, best, last memory. Bobby and his boys. It's been almost six years, and I'm still not okay without Bobby. It's a gorgeous episode, beautifully written and filmed. I just don't like that Bobby had to die, and that it happens with a bunch of characters like Joe and Ellen before him and others to come. Also, balls. <laughs> Thanks, Simone. That was a, a, a we should have used that summary. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, this summary is so much better. Awesome. Why didn't we just use this? <laughs> Thanks, Simone. Thank you, Simone. Um, oh, thank you. Also, Nutty says, I'm pretty sure I sent feedback via email. And I've got that here. Okay. Cool. Oh, good. Nutty says, a whole episode to say goodbye to Bobby. I think this is the episode that made me like him the most when I first watched it. Still, some parts bother me, but hey, we get Rufus back. I love Rufus. You can't supernatural a bullet to the brain. Thanks, Nutty. Thanks, Nutty. I was distracted by Kitty. (laughs) She really has a lot to tell us tonight. Apparently, yeah. She ate. She's just still talking about it, I guess. I guess. Well, she can't come through. Well, I don't want her to get entangled with the dog. Yeah, that would be a, a scene. It could be. So are we ready to rate... Uh I'll I have got I've got it all set up. I'll go first. Um Yeah, I already said like I like I loved this episode. Um it was really emotional. Um I like the way it was structured and, and directed. Um and it's just a really there's a really strong, like subtle performance by Jim Beaver in this episode that like that he does all the time, but like you really kind of take it for granted until now. Then like, you don't really notice it until now where it's like, Oh, like you've been doing this the whole time. And it's like, you don't, it's, you know, he's like, you don't appreciate something until it's gone. And, uh, like, I just, I, I thought it was fantastic. So I'm going to give this one 10 out of 10 holes in the head. Ouch. Yeah. 10 holes in the head would be a really bad plan. Sure. So I'm going to go ahead and do my rating. Okay. (laughs) It was, uh, for me, I understand that it it went all the places it needed to go to drive the plot along, but it was still pretty dry, um, not not necessarily getting a whole lot from it. And again, you know, it could be that Darcy likes to push her emotions down and, you know, not get into things. So it could could be, you know, I'm going to put that on me. That's a me thing. Because you're cold. Well, only when it comes to watching things that could make me emotional, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I do that. Mm-hmm. Something. So, um, for me, it wasn't so great. So, I'm going to give it a uh, 6 out of 10 glasses of spilled milk. I see. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I, th- I liked the uh, the structure of it and the, uh, the um, you know, the, the, mind, the mind trip of the whole thing. Uh, something that I really enjoyed of the whole thing. Um, it feels like they do that, you know, a few times a season. But it really, it really still works on me for the most part. Uh, when when you get someone in their head trying to work something through. So I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, eight out of ten uh, unnecessary extra zooms on holes and heads. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, um, you know this episode. Um, uh, hear me out here. <laughs> It reminds me me in a few ways of uh, Buffy's The Body. Um, Mm. Obviously, The Body is a masterpiece in this beautiful work of art. And this doesn't quite achieve that. But there are some, you know, there are some similarities. Um, 
to you know not not only that episode but some you know major character deaths little little nods that I see maybe nobody else does the the line your hat um, your shirt mm-hmm. uh, and then you uh, John mentioned at the end of the last episode that uh, the the ending of it the cliffhanger uh, reminded him of the end of I was made to love you yeah. Uh, and you know, to me, this is Supernatural's the body, um, and it's you know, in in both episodes, uh, the monster hunters who who deal with the supernatural on a daily basis and magic and save the world and can do impossible things are absolutely helpless in the face of a normal mortal death. So there are some parallels, um, and that tickles my Buffy bone. So I like that. Um, I also think that, you know, like Buffy and pretty much any genre show, uh, this show is at its strongest when it's when the monsters are just kind of a backdrop for the human experience. So, um, and I really like it. I really loved Bobby, and it makes me cry every time. So, a couple of different times. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 existential thresholds. Mm. Oh, and I've got to mention that I really i I enjoyed this Reaper, and I know that Reapers can pretty much you know that there's there's an infinite number of them out there, so he doesn't necessarily ever get to come back. But uh, but I enjoyed him. Agreed. All right. Um, like I said before, I thought it was boring. Um, but I get that it's like a big send off for a character, so it's probably needed. However, I do really hope we don't get the character back because that would cheapen what emotional effect this was going for I feel like um, you know if death isn't permanent then what does it mean so I was bored though so I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 eternal friggin sunshines <laughs> which gives this episode an 8 which that's probably right cool cool all right then uh, then I guess the uh, only thing left to do is to get our homework for next week All right. Next week's homework is Cluster C. So we have another cluster coming up. Uh, This is for the next three episodes, which are Season 7's Episodes 11, 12, and 13, and they are titled thusly, Adventures in Babysitting, Time After Time, The Slice Girls. All right. Don't don't F with the babysitter. (laughs) Um... They're gonna be baby. There's just gonna be baby of some sort. They're gonna be stuck with a baby for the episode again, like the shapeshifter baby, but like an actual baby. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe baby. And then the second one was time after time. Yep. Sydney right. Lopper <laughs> <laughs> makes an appearance clearly. Uh, so yeah, I don't know some some kind of a uh, some kind of time travel something or another or, uh, or uh, happening done, a few times. Done a little time travel. Yeah. Yeah, usually angel-induced, usually Castiel-induced, but... Uh, yeah, he seems to have taken a sabbatical. Yeah, a bit. So, uh, and then the last one is the the Slice Girls? Yes. All right, so it's a slasher girl group that gets together and slashes people. <laughs> I hope at least one of these is funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely... Uh... <laughs> That 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 would that would be appreciated. We definitely need that. I think. Well, yeah, I, I assume yeah. with the title like "Adventures in Babysitting," it's not going to be too dour. I don't. Know. I'm thinking "Slice Girls" is going to be pretty fun. Yeah, 
So although sometimes the title is just a title. Sometimes they do that. Like sometimes it's just the title that they're having fun with. And then the rest of the episode can be really dour. So we'll just have to wait it's and see. True. It's true. All right. Uh, well, uh, unless anybody else has anything else to put on pod for this episode, I will say uh, happy hunting. Bye now. Happy, happy hunting. hunting. Bye. You've been listening to Idgitcast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is IdgitCastPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by Idgitcast's founder, Allie Jones who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com user slash sofadogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. Quadruple Z.